exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM. The Impact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. You are tuned to Impact Exposure. It is the second Tuesday of the month, so that means the team from Olin Health Center comes in uh, to talk about sex, relationships, and the like. And tonight's theme is relationships. And we have a special, special, or we'll wait, we'll wait to tell our listeners. We can, we can talk about it now. All right. You just made a huge arm gesture towards me. <laughs> oh, for... no. I thought you were, I was going like... Uh, oh, exciting. Exciting. Yes. Big. So our, the first five callers to call in tonight and join the conversation, and I know it's kind of embarrassing, guys. We're talking about sex and relationships, but if you are one of the first five callers, you get a year supply of condoms, compliments of Olin Health Center. So let's introduce our team. Well, I'll let the listeners mull over that. Exciting, exciting prize. So let's yeah. start here with Kevin. We have condoms for you. Uh, Kevin, I work at Olin Health Center. Tina Tim, I am a faculty here in the School of Social Work and also practice as a sex therapist in the community. Erica Filipich from Student Health Services. And this is Dr. D, and we're glad to be with Emily on the air. Uh, I wish we could actually record the pre-conversation that we have before the show actually starts because sometimes we get some of the best gems from Emily about <laughs> relationships and how we're going to go to But let me let me qualify what we said. We're going to give a year's supply of condoms complimentary to the first five callers. That year's supply, we're going to say, is a hundred of them. <laughs> some people could call and say, hey, that's a thousand. No, right. dude, that's not. And, and again, I, I failed to give that number away. So, again, that's, that is a year supply or a hundred condoms. Uh, and the phone number to call in is 517, area code 517-432-3893. Again, that phone number, 517-432-3893. And you so missed it. How long have I known you? Four years? You said... A hundred condoms or a year's supply, whatever comes first. <laughs> and you missed it. You didn't even do it. Oh, so I did we, miss it. We were talking about Some relationships and uh, uh, before the show started, Dr. Tim, when you, when, you, when you came in, we were talking about uh, should we stay with the script that Kevin's produced, which it never really happens with, nope. with, with <laughs> me at least. And, and actually when we sent out the kind of the script ahead of time, Dr. Tim sent a list of things that we could do. And I said, let's do them all. And she wrote back and said, you're killing me uh, <laughs> about relationships. But I want to start with one thing, okay, Kevin, because we, we started talking about Start with whatever you want, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> he just says that because I signed his paycheck. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the first five callers who do call in at 432-3893 will get a year's supply of condoms or a hundred, whatever comes first. <laughs> whatever comes first. <laughs> so we were talking about, and please jump in here anytime. This is the question that uh, I usually ask when I, when I start a conversation like this is, what does it mean to be in a relationship? What does the term relationship mean? You know I've been... And these eyes are going straight at me, listeners. <laughs> so we've been talking about your relationships over the years. You know? Right. And I asked you when I came in, how was your relationship? And you said it was... Uh, in, uh, great but interesting. Is that what I said? So yes. here's background. All right. Uh, let's see who's listening in the airwaves, guys. Here's the test. You can call in 517-432-3893. So I was telling Dr. D here. Um, we were talking about relationships. And I said, well... Here's an interesting little nugget. Some relationships have expiration dates, as one of my friends said to me once about her own relationship. She was dating someone that was a few years older than she was, maybe five, maybe up to eight years. I forget how old, much older he is, but, uh, you know, he wanted to have kids. You know, she's younger. She's like, ah, I'm not into this. And he's like, well, then we have an expiration date, you know, because so that's so that's a coin that that she she gave to me. So uh I've been hosting the show for about four years now. Uh, last May, I got out of a, about a four-year relationship, so that was pretty much throughout my whole undergrad. 
Um, it was one of those relationships where you knew it was coming a year in advance. We talked about it a month before we broke up saying, okay, after we graduate, the day after we graduate, we're breaking up. So that happened. Um, well, this is and, the question I have And so, so, so let me give the, the background. Okay. So now I'm in a relationship where it's so much fun. I've, I'm having so much fun, but we went in it knowing that it may probably only last a year. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, no, you okay. said you said it wouldn't. Dr. Tim, jump in here. Have you ever heard of a, what, we were, what she's saying is an end date relationship where you set a date where, you, where it's going to end? Or at least you just know that it's going to end. Because you said, well, we, it, it was a, we knew it was going to end at a certain point. And I, was, and I looked at you and said, how do you, how, how do, you do that? I've never heard of an end date relationship. I've heard people propose that before, um, meaning that even a, a friend of mine used to say that we shouldn't have to get married till death do us part. We should get married in five-year blocks. And then if we want to renew the contract at the end of the five years, then that would that would be renegotiated. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are you like... Two business so, majors. Are you being asked for this? I mean, in the sense that I always used to say in class that you should never go into marriage thinking it's going to last forever. Oh, wow. And I would get crucified at times <laughs> for saying that, but I, I, I'm in the same vein as that. You don't really go into relationships... Uh, Hoping they're going to last forever. Well, you go into a relationship hoping they're going to last forever, but you should never go into a relationship thinking it's going to last forever because you tend not to work as hard mm-hmm. at it. Mm. See, you, oh, ahead. sorry, keep going. Ask you had another question for her. No. I wanted to jump in. So, because <laughs> I because I've told my friends about this because all everyone that I graduated with are either they're living with their significant other right now after they mm-hmm. graduate from their undergrad or are proposed or engaged or getting you know getting ready to get married this summer. I am not one of those. Um, and so I tell my friends this. I say, well, me and my boyfriend probably won't be together, you know, once he graduates um, from his master's. And so, um, you know, that's fine. And they're like, well, you can't just assume that that's going to happen. But that's what we've discussed. And we've, we've brought it up again. And, yes, this is correct. This is probably not going to happen once he graduates because he wants to move elsewhere, you know. And they said, well, you can't look at it that way or, or else there's going to be this wall in the relationship. And that's their, their argument. But I think, well, I'm kind of living in getting, the now. I'm living in the now, <laughs> but I'm also protecting myself knowing, right. you know, my decisions are different, knowing that this isn't long term. You know, so like I'll give you an example. So like in in the winter time or something, I wanted to take four days off and go visit my friends in Wisconsin. And I did it. But if I knew that I was in this long-term relationship and I was in it for – a long time I would have stayed here to, to hang out with him. You know, just little details in everyday life in which you kind of are like, well, I'm doing this for me and I'm living in the now and having fun versus I'm in this relationship with this person and I'm dedicated. So you make tiny little decisions based on what you know the outcome will be. That's just my point. And if and you I, want to join in and call the conversation, yeah, definitely call it's uh, 517-432-3893. And we said, I know we had a caller earlier, but... You have to actually talk to us in order to get this prize pack of a <laughs> lifetime supply of condoms. Not a lifetime supply, a year supply. A year supply. <laughs> Sorry, yes, a year supply, excuse me, which equals 100. Sorry, guys, if you, if you have sex more than that or need it more than that. But 100 condoms, if you call in and join the conversation, I must add that you must join the conversation. Yeah, if you have a question about relationships, if you have input on these expiration date or end date, relationships call in well you know um, it goes back to the question i was posing what is it what does the term relationship mean to it sounds like to you and your boyfriend it means something different than it could be for somebody else and so it's I mean, circumstantial is, i think given her situation which i won't say that i haven't been in a very similar relation relationship before where you kind of know that eventually you guys had your had your plans you had you have your um goals prior to meeting and Mm-hmm. And while it takes, I guess, a, a very strong relationship to have you change those goals uh, or at least adapt them a little bit, um, you kind of come into college having those goals. And, I mean, if you guys end up in the same area post-college, then, hey, let's work on it from there, kind of like renegotiating as you go along. But I can totally understand being in a boat where you guys are both going in the same direction. You know that there's going to be a fork in the ocean soon <laughs> um, and kind of just, you know, riding it out. I mean, you don't. 
it kind of takes a person that you just really don't like to be around for you to kind of cut all ties. But if you like a person that you, you're with and you know that there's an expiration date, I feel like it's looking at it in a different perspective than, let's say, you would your fiancé or your... Because you know that the end date's there, but you're still friends, you're still companions with each other. And, and why cut something short when you can still experience all that you can in the next three weeks, three months, however so long your expiration is, is it an unfair date. question to ask somebody, what does it mean to be in a relationship? Is that a question that one can answer? I think it's different for different people. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think, like, what Dr. Is Tim? Health? Dr. D, that What's question, it? that question that you always love to ask, what is health? I think it's a whole different perspective from, and we had, we had a question that we were asking people on the streets, uh, like, what, what about your past affects your current relationship? And I feel like maybe people haven't grown up with solid bases, uh, family bases, as, as to, like, say, people that have been married for their whole lives, having parents that have been married, and they have single parent households where they just were kind of taught, you know, you might not find the one now, but who knows later, you know, hold on to the people that you have. It just kind of, I guess, depends on where you're coming from, what you what you found came good for, of relationships that you've seen in the past. Do you have a caller? Uh, I think they're still on the line chatting with um, our engineer <laughs> over there. So, I mean, related to what is a relationship, I, I do think it's uh, as difficult to define as what is love and what is family and it means different things to different people. Um, for me, it's it's really just two people that interact with one another. You have a relationship with colleagues. Mm-hmm. You have a relationship with people you like. You have a relationship with people you don't like. We're kind of, I, I don't want to fall into the assumption that a relationship is only with people you like because that's not mm-hmm. true at all. We're in relationships with people in our family, which we may or may not have chosen if it, given that choice. So, and then we probably shouldn't even narrow it to between people because, True. you know, lots mm-hmm. of people have relationships that are really meaningful with pets. And Well, with that, we have our first caller of the evening, and uh, they will be winning our complimentary prize pack of a year's worth supply of condoms compliment of Olin House Center. So, caller, you are on the line. You are on air. Welcome. Oh, guess not. I guess we lost no free con- or no condoms for you. <laughs> no condoms. But call back if you got disconnected. Uh. If if you're in, and I don't know how to define it sometimes, but if you're in a significant, uh, let's say, love relationship, a romantic relationship, do you think it's important for each person in that relationship to define to the other one what it means to be in that relationship? Or is it just... When does that when does that con- like I guess would you wrap that conversation into into the I got when I when you said that I kind of just thought immediately maybe it's the HIV counselor in me that when you have that sex talk with your partner like do you kind of set what you want in the relationship then when you're talking about sex let's hope that they did it prior to that conversation well it, it just or, seems to me that there's all these undefined terms that come into a relationship like commitment and mm-hmm. intimacy and passion and that that two people don't necessarily have the same understanding of what those terms are, what they mean, how to define them, how to express them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in my past, when I was doing relationship counseling, I would actually have people define those and see what they mean. What are their expectations when they say passion or when they say intimacy? What does intimacy mean? For some people, intimacy only means physical contact, sexual interaction. For other people, it's there's 12 different types of intimacy. You know, there's mm-hmm. relationship intimacy, there's crisis intimacy, all different types. So I pose that to you folks. <laughs> I think sometimes it's hard to know, especially in the beginning of the relationship, because you're not sure what you might be looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think the other dilemma is that people oftentimes just aren't mindful enough, or they, so they don't know what they want. Or B, they can tell you the textbook answer of what they want, but in terms of actually implementing it, they don't have the skills or the bravery to get there. Okay. Yeah, I think bravery is huge. Mm-hmm. Being able to talk about things. Yeah, not just talk about things, but, you know, I can 
you know, someone can say, this is what a relationship means to me, this is what passion means to me, and they can set out all the definitions that you're advocating for, and then when, where the rubber meets the road, no pun intended, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> that those things are a lot, sometimes a lot hard, um, harder said than, harder done than said, what's the, easier said than done, easier said than done. <laughs> And things fall apart. And I guess I'm coming from a freshly out of college student. I don't know. Um, but, like, I'm young. I'm still, you were saying you were talking about uh, people in the past when you've asked their definition of passion. In my present, I'm trying to figure that out myself of what it all means to me in all my relationships. And like you said, I can I can vocalize certain things, but when it comes down to it, um, even sometimes when I vocalize it, are they is what I'm saying what I really want? And then... Are they giving me back what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe, but then I realized that's not exactly what I meant by that. And I feel like when it comes to college students, I think we're still growing and learning, and bravery is a thing that we're trying to nail down and, and get right, that I, I know that I'm in a point of constant questioning of what, what I want out of my relationships. Not even, like you said, just uh, my intimate relationships with my significant other, but my family relationships. I, I got I got a sister who's pregnant right now that I'm trying to kind of learn the dynamics of my own relationships between my brother and my dad and my, my sister who's pregnant. And it's definitely overload sometimes when I'm trying to think of, well, okay, so they're going to be busy with their own lives. What do I want from them when it comes to, like, what do I want from my sister once she gets her baby? And it's, it's not something I vocalize to her because I don't want her to know that I care about her so much that I, I, I wonder where our relation is going to go. But I wonder, except like, she's listening. Yeah, except for, you know, she doesn't live in town, thankfully. But I wonder where, where our relation is going to be once this baby comes. Not that she's ever going to forget about me and I have that issue or that, that uh, uh, fear, but I wonder what the dynamics of all of our relationships is going to be. And I think... Mix that with, like I said, me being young and not really know what I want in other relationships. I'm kind of in a whirlwind. whirlwind so, so again, I know we lost a caller earlier. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but if you want to call in and join the conversation, you get a year's supply worth of condoms. Thank you, Olin Health Center, for doing that. And then the phone number is 517-432-3893. We're talking about relationships. What does it mean? Can you have an end date? Is that appropriate? Is that acceptable? What do you yeah. think about Long, that? Long-term relationships, long-distance relationships. Yeah, how do you how do you make a relationship work? Again, the phone number, 517-432-3893. We would love to hear from you. We would love to talk to you. And you have to be on the air in order to win this year supply of condoms. Kevin, I know you went out yes. and asked some questions of some folks. I did, I did. It was a... Uh, it was uh, very interesting because we were talking about relationships, which it wasn't uh, a taboo topic like fetishes like last last time. So <laughs> people were more apt to, to answer the questions, and and I think it was I was very surprised at how open they were about. Um, and I told them it, it can apply, all the questions can either apply to past relationships or current ones, and most of them kind of did a little bit of both. The answer. Well, did you qualify it as any type of relationship, or do most types when people talk about relationships, they talk about romantic relationships or long-term relationships with a partner? I did not right. bring up specifically okay. with a, a partner, but that's how each each question was answered as a, as a from the viewpoint of somebody who's in a, a relationship with a significant other. So they answered, and uh, actually a majority of them had said that they were not only in long-term relationships, but long-distance relationships. So it was very common that they had both, and I was like, well, it's kind of interesting how they probably have the stress of that long-term relationship to keeping each other together, and then on top of that, they have that long-distance thing, and, and then I asked them how they, they dealt with that, and that's when technology came into it. Luckily, you had already put that on our agenda, how technology, the question of how does technology affect our relationships in good and good and bad ways, and I think they they jumped right to the good ways first, that, you know, Skype, uh Facebook all keeps them connected. Texting keeps them everyone connected. But then they were right quick to say that those things are just as uh, detrimental to their relationship and that they feel sometimes too well in the know of what their significant other is doing or not significant other but friends. And some people read into what people post or tweet. And, and that can be great because it keeps you connected, like I said, with Skype and, and, and texting with your, with your significant other. But they would also said that technology can definitely make you think things that normally you probably wouldn't if they had 
just said the words to you in person. And I guess that's the loss, loss of translation there. But that was a big, big part of the conversation when it talked about uh, relationships and talking to the students on campus, that the technology was good, but it also had its downfalls, that Facebook is a great thing, but it's, it's also uh, something that keeps your mind running. And I don't know if that's a large part of what we can talk about today, but if you would like to call in and tell us how uh, social media, how the um, technology of our day has affected your relationships in both good and bad ways, please call in. Uh, the number is 432-3893. And you get a year supply of condoms if you call in and talk to us. Yeah, consider it like therapy if you have questions. I see I'm a lot of callers answer. and they're getting very upset. I see the phone ringing. Oh. I see the lights going off. Yeah, and then I see the phone being hung up because people don't want to talk to us. Premature <laughs> disconnectors. We oh, exactly. Yeah, three or four of mine that were on there. So, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. I'm going to go back because the anthroposophist in me, that <laughs> anthropologist, philosopher in me, he likes to go back to the root meaning of words. And Dr. Tim, tell me, and Erica, join in here too. Do you think it's not important that people define what it means to be in a relationship to them? I mean, I used to do this exercise where I'd give people 12 different concepts and say, choose of these concepts, and they were trust, uh, commitment, communication, all these different ones, and say, what are, what's most important to you in a long term? Uh, committed, romantic relationship. What are the things that are most important to you? And it was just amazing to see a class of people, even some of those that were in relationship, go, well, I think it's trust. And somebody else would say, well, I think it's good sex. Mm-hmm. And they'd look at each other, really? You know, Because they've never really talked about what are the important elements in a relationship. And I think sometimes, too, it's easy when you first start a relationship to not talk about it. Because why, things, why is that? Because things are fun, and they're yeah. new, is and they're the exciting. Is yeah, that the passion? Yeah, I think it is. And then I think it's not usually until there's, crisis might be a strong word, but there's something that kind of happens that maybe sparks the, oh, wow, well, I guess I've never thought about that, or we've never talked about that. And I think at that point, it's almost a game of catch-up. You know, maybe, you know, I didn't explain how I felt about this, and now maybe an action was taken or something was said that I really am not okay with, and now I'm not really sure how to express that. Um, not all the time, I think, but I think, you know, oftentimes when we're meeting with students, um, that tends to be kind of when they start evaluating things and really thinking about what's important to them. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, how often do you start a relationship saying, okay, let's set the ground rules, <laughs> well, guys. Well, 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 this well, is what I expect. <laughs> right. This is what I, I want. I expect it on the first date, Emily. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Didn't your wife tell you that you guys were getting married on the first date? Yeah, but I thought she was <laughs> And are you still married? How many yeah. years later? Well, you know, and I think part of it goes to when when uh, we start to work with people and, and you uh, say to a couple, we say, okay, uh, in this relationship, we know there are basically three elements in a long-term relationship. There's passion, there's commitment, and why am I blanking? I feel like... Intimacy. Uh, intimacy. What's that? Intimacy. Thank you. I felt like Rick Perry there for a minute. There's three things I want to talk about. And I forgot the <laughs> One, third. One, two, uh, But when, many times when I ask a couple, uh, are you in a committed relationship? And they say, yeah. And I say, well, you define what it means to be in a committed relationship. And you define, I get two totally different answers where they've never even really talked about what it means to have commitment. One might say, well, commitment means I'm not going to date anybody else. And the other one says, commitment means, well, I'm not going to have sex with anybody else. They really haven't defined that. Mm-hmm. You say we have a caller? We do have a caller. Hello, you're on Impact's Exposure. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Thanks for well. us. Yes, thank you so much for calling. So are you uh, in a relationship? Um, not right now. I was in one because you guys are talking about the, how the um, technology helps, and that okay. my ex boyfriend actually lives seven hundred miles away. And, and so, how did you make that, or what broke that relationship? Um, what broke it wasn't even the distance; it was actually um, we wanted different things. Eventually, um, he wanted to get like he wanted to move in together, so to close the gap, but he wanted to get married and like start a family and. I'm only 21, and he was 26, so he's mm-hmm. kind of ready for it. And I'm not even graduated, so there's, I was like, there's no way I can make that next step in my relationship yet. Um, so we kind of just talked about it and realized that we were ended up being at two different levels after we were together for three years, too. I was with him from the time I was 18 till 21, so, um, and then it just ended. 
And how long was that long distance? It was long distance for a little over two years. We weren't even together a year before he moved away. Mm -hmm. well, what was the difficult part about being in a long-distance relationship? Um, the money, actually, which um, just affording the gas to go there, mm -hmm. um, especially when gas went up so much. Um, and it did get really stressful when there was, we tried to see each other like at least once a month, maybe every other month. Um, one of the gaps was like four months though. And that was really stressful. Um, there was a period of time where I was questioning if he was with other girls. Um, and he questioned if I was with other people as well. It was really hard. The trust was an issue here and there. Um, but overall we both trusted each other with our whole hearts. And I really did love him, but um, it just didn't happen the way that he wanted or that I wanted. Well, was it, uh, this might be a duh question, but it was it important to see him? I mean, in a long-distance relationship, sometimes folks can go uh, months at a time. I mean, like you said, four months, five months, six months without seeing the individual. Uh, was, it, was it important for you to actually see that him? Yeah, after... Um, once we got up closer to, like, getting to two months, I it would get, like, really depressing. Um, and especially, like, all my friends would have different short-term relationships, um, and they'd be with their boyfriends or guys they're dating all the time and talking about being with them all the time. And I was like, and then um, it would just get really stressful, and I'd get kind of jealous of my friends that they could be with their boyfriends so much. Um so it would just get me down here and there. But overall, it was not really any different than a, um, a relationship where it's like dating somebody in the same town or just like a half hour away because I still talk to him every day. And I think we even had better communication than most people who see their significant other every day because instead of, <clears throat> instead of spending our time together like watching a movie or doing something else where we're not talking, we'd spend it like on Skype talking or on the phone talking, whereas most people don't even talk when they're together. Mm -hmm. Well, I, as uh, one of the members of the panel, appreciate you calling in. And yes, you're thank you. one of our first uh, callers to get that complimentary free or complimentary year supply of condoms. <laughs> so thank you so much for calling in, and you can stop into Olin Health Center to pick that up. All right. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So, uh, again, for our listeners, if you want to join the conversation um, uh, and get a year supply worth of condoms from Olin Health Center, that phone number is 517-432-3893. Again, you have to join the conversation. Call in 517-432-3893. I think that was a great caller. Um, I think she kind of touched in on something that you had mentioned, like it might take some certain thing that makes you start questioning that thing. And... Um, and I just kind of went to one of my questions that I had in, in my agenda that, like, uh, you have to kind of determine how much effort you're willing to put into it. And it's not, not the effort part of it that I'm trying to talk about, but when she was talking about her friends in comparison to how they got to spend time with each other, that was, I feel like, maybe her 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 moment where she's, that's when she started questioning, like, oh, is this making me happy or is this not making me happy right now, seeing other people together in in light of her own relationship. And I feel like... That's one of the questions I think that you start asking yourself is, is this making me happy? When you find a long-term or any relationship not working out, and I, I feel like that was the moment maybe for her is in the comparison to others and in the same, I guess, her friend, her the same group that she hangs out with, that people can have a, a relationship that uh, works, I guess, in the same area. Um and that can make you think to yourself, well, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting what I guess I think I think I want. When I guess starting out on that relationship long distance, uh, they thought that they would get what they want. And, and I think a lot of people do because they have that foundation that they started that long distance relationship on. But um, like many people do, she had that time where it's like, okay, after a long time you start comparing yourself to other people, which is hard not to do. And you see that, oh... It's not making me happy, even though the person might be making the person happy. It's just they realize that something else is lacking there, and and maybe that's an, a duh statement too. But like, it's I think it's important to 
to kind of question if, like, even though the person makes you happy, uh, am I happy altogether right now? Is this whole situation making me happy? And I think that's, I don't know, that's where, like I said, I think I want to learn more from this hour of talking than <laughs> speaking to you, to all of you, because I have these issues myself. One of the things that I really liked about the caller is their, both of their ability, um, both her and her partner, to hold on to themselves. And what I mean by that is that he was clear about what he wanted, that he wanted to start a family and that he wanted to have kids. And she was clear that she wasn't at that point where she wanted to do that. And that that's really speaks to the health, I think, of the two of them, because what worries me even more is when people are in a relationship and they love each other dearly, like it sounds like these two did, and because of that they say, okay, well, I guess it's not that important to me. Or they will um, say, well, I, I think, it, you know, I really don't want to get married, but I don't want to lose this person. So they get married anyway, even though they know they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he says, well, um, you know, I guess I'll stay in this relationship for you know, X number of years, even though I know that I want to start a family. So it, it actually feels like, you know, in some ways as sad as it probably was for this, for, for these two people, that it was a, again, it, it feels like a very loving thing to do for one another is to say, I care about you enough to not force you into being in a place that you're not right now. Mm-hmm. So, so, so are you making the comment that people should stop and assess the health of their relationship? No, I, I don't think it's the health of the relationship as much as that um, I just think good relationships have that balance of, you know, connectedness and valuing what the other person wants and needs, but also holding on to your own thoughts, needs, values, etc. And when I think people get really in trouble is when they start losing themselves and just like whatever their partners like or do whatever their partners do or like you said Emily like they don't go see their friends because their partner might not like it or their partner would get mm-hmm. insecure about it and so I really think healthy relationships say this is this is who I am and this is what I like and if you want to be in a relationship with me I, I need that that support of that um, so that was one thought that I had about about that about the call and then the other thing related to um, Dr. D, what you're talking about, that list of things that are important to you, the tricky thing about going into a long-term relationship, especially when that involves uh, marriage, is that your list at 20 will look different <laughs> from 30, mm-hmm. will look different from 40, will look mm-hmm. different from 50, sure. potentially. For some people, it might stay the same across the lifespan. But I, you know, I, as a therapist, I have so many couples that end up in my office, you know, trying to decide whether or not to stay together. And it's, um, it's because that those top three things, mm-hmm. you know, they changed, they shifted and, um, and suddenly, you know, something that they didn't used to want now is really high. Well, on and the I, list. I think that's what I was referring to in, for me, the health relationship is there are shifting priorities and shifting needs in a relationship. And at some point, you need to make that clear to other folks one way or another uh, what those what those things are. And sometimes I think that's stopping and assessing. But I see we have another caller. Yes, we do. Great. Hello, you're on Impact's Exposure. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So, um, I just had, uh, this isn't a necessarily a question about my own relationship, but it, it's a, a relationship I have with a friend. Okay. And basically, he uh, he has a lot of girls who are attracted to him a lot of time, and he does a lot of dating. But he's the type of person who wants to stay with one relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, he ends up becoming kind of jealous and clingy and kind of controlling, and so these relationships always end really harshly and badly, and he never knows like what happens. And so, as a friend, I try to inform him of like you know what I see things of that nature, and I just wondered what type of advice you guys could offer for someone who, who has a hard time listening or accepting advice relationship-wise. 
We're all shaking our head. <laughs> We're all trying to figure out who's going to answer this question. Right. Is it going to be Dr. D or is it going to be Dr. I'm gonna Tim? I'm going to let Dr. Tim handle this one. Hmm. Well, I think you're a really good friend um, for caring about you know, his happiness and seeing that there's some things that he's doing that are actually working against him and sabotaging the thing that he wants the most, which is a good, solid, healthy relationship that's going to last. So, for sure. Yeah. And, and so you said that you have shared with him some of your insights and you said that he can hear those or he can't. Well, he, he definitely can hear them, but it's, it doesn't reflect like maybe the next day or the next relationship. It all seems to just kind of become a cycle. And mm-hmm. so it feels for me like, oh, well, I did tell him, you know, try not to be jealous. It's just talking to some other guy. Try not to do certain specific things. And, and it's, it feels as though he's not hearing that advice. Right. Well, it, again, I think it goes back to, the, I don't know if you were listening a few minutes ago when I said that um, we can all talk a good talk usually about how to be in a healthy relationship but when we are actually confronted with the things that scare us the most it's harder to hold on to that health and so that's what I hear you saying that maybe cognitively he gets the things that he's doing that aren't helpful or that chase people away but in the relationship itself when he starts to feel connected to someone he gets so scared that he can't stop himself and kind of the emotional part of him takes over and starts making decisions um and he can't override that with his with his intellect <laughs> and I, I agree that sounds that sounds a lot like what's going on yeah and, and so i don't think that's uncommon either no i, think I don't feelings... think that that's uncommon at all i mean no. I, I think you know when you look at the basics of attachment theory and you apply that to human relationships. Um, the people that uh, that you know we partner with, they activate the most primal part of our brain, and it is very fear-based oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And it does um, losing someone that starts to feel important to us makes us feel frantic. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it sounds like that's what happens for him. And you know, I, I think for me, and of course, I'm I'm the I'm the one who's you know sitting here as the therapist. I my wish would really be that he could um, maybe do some some individual counseling around that issue. Because if I had to guess, I would say that there's something that goes on for him that is um, that gets activated in these relationships that's kind of old. Mm-hmm. And by old, I mean you know, about some stuff that's maybe happened in the past that he hasn't quite um, uh, done enough work on yet. And if he could heal some of that, then he could be less frantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that is that something that I should encourage? Is that something that I should mention to his dad? Or, is, or you know, is that something that I can bring to the table? Um, I think... Not, not me personally, I, but to, to uh, suggest that he... Maybe find some counseling. Mm-hmm. I think you could possibly bring it to the table, but you would have to bring it very carefully. Uh, it, it, this whole conversation reminds me of an old cartoon that I used to show in my class. It was a cartoon by Kathy. Remember Kathy? She would say, my father's given me rela- relationship advice. My mother's given me relationship advice. My sister's given me relationship My friends are all giving The one person I want to talk to about the relationships is my partner, and he doesn't want to talk to me. Uh, so I think you can bring that to the table, but uh, as Dr. Tim said, there's something about relationships, and that's why I usually start conversations up about what does relationships mean, what are the meaning of relationships, that, that is kind of primal, that does activate some of those uh, fears we have about being alone or being lonely or not being with a person or not getting what we want. It's a, it's a difficult concept. I mean, when we when we surveyed students in our National College Health Assessment, we asked them about all the traumatic things that could happen to you uh, on campus. Uh, relationships was one of the top ones that they said that they deal with that is most traumatic. It's relationships with family, relationships with significant others. It's always a significant mm-hmm. uh, part of uh, a that cognitive development, cognitive right. stuff. So it's really difficult, but uh, we wish you well. Well, hey, yeah, no, I really appreciate your guys' advice. Yeah, I, I just, I do, I do want to chime in. It seems like there's some hesitancy about you, maybe mentioning that to him. And I would be much more of a, um, a much more of a supporter to that. It sounds like you have the kind of friendship where you could say to him, 
you know, I, I see this causes you a lot of distress. And, you know, there's a lot of good um, resources on campus um, while you're a student to be able to access some of those. And so there's, you know, and not say, you know, not do it in a pathologizing way, like, man, there's something so wrong, you know, you're screwing this up all the time, but just say, right. you know, I care about you enough that I want you to, um, you know, I, I want you to, you know, be happier and, and work on these issues and that you, that, uh, you know, you think that that would be one possible way to do it, but, you know, you don't force it and just throw it out there as a suggestion. And I think sometimes people need, uh, you know, just... They know that's out there, but maybe just need a little bit of support or someone mm-hmm. to say that they think that's a cool thing to do. Yeah, and I think okay. a lot of times uh, letting letting that person know that you know he's not the only one that has these issues. Oh that, gosh, no. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and you know letting your friend know that, like you're coming at it from uh, like a, like she said a loving place like you you love your friend and and that he's not alone. This happens to a lot of people. I mean, letting For your sure. feelings get the best of you. So definitely coming from a friend. Um, I would advocate definitely uh, talking to them. Normalize it and give them permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so Thank much you. for calling Thank in you. tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys. And again, okay. if you want to join the conversation uh, for a, we have a condoms, long. a year supply worth of condoms, compliments, or a hundred, or a hundred condoms, condoms <laughs> from the Olin Health Center. And if you call in and join the conversation, you can get those condoms. We have our. Third caller on the line right now that is gonna that is gonna this talk is to us. So we have two. Year, two left. I want to say lifetime, but years worth supply of condoms. <laughs> it's already all over the for, internet that for, you said that for lifetime supply. Of did I say no? For I said people, year. But then again, anyways, if you want to get these condoms, if you want to join the conversation, it is five one seven four three two three eight nine three. And we have our third caller of the evening. Welcome, Welcome to Impacts Exposure. What's up? Am I on? Yes, yeah. you are. Welcome. Okay. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah, I just had like a, you guys were talking briefly about, you know, social media and Facebook and everything. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about sort of like the good side, and the bad side. Yes, please do. Totally. Last relationship. Um, uh, I actually like, I met my girlfriend, uh, I, who I ended up dating for like three years. I met her in like my math class and uh, we didn't really talk much or anything, but we became Facebook friends. And then this was like my freshman year. And then like two years later, um, I just randomly ran into her at a party and I didn't really, I didn't know her, but I sort of like recognized her from like, you know, just my friend's page. I would always see her on there. She was, her face was always there. So I, I don't know, that was sort of like an opening line. And I ended up, uh, dating her for three years, like I said. Uh, and I sort of like attribute that to Facebook. Like I thank Facebook for that because, I don't know if I would have even recognized her at all as being, like, in my math class from uh, two years previous. And how so, did that opening line go yes, when you met her? <laughs> well, honestly, <laughs> I sort of, like, it's, it could have been creepy, but it wasn't. I, I was like, is your name? And then I guessed her name. I totally guessed it wrong. <laughs> like, I guess maybe that's like, a good no, thing, though. No, that's not it. And then I got it right. And she was like, what? <laughs> so I... Are we uh, Facebook friends? And it, it wasn't weird, I swear. It's just... <laughs> You know, I, no, really. She she was dating me for three years, so it wasn't like super creepy. Right? No, um, and you're not. A, you wouldn't be the first one to use that line on anybody. <laughs> you had success on using that line because you dated yeah. me for years. But so that's. Well, was I didn't even thing. realize that it was because of. Sorry, what were you saying? I was saying that, and that was a good thing because of Facebook, because of technology that you got exactly to, yeah. right. Um, but on like the opposite end of the spectrum, with in that same relationship, uh, Facebook just ended up. I, I don't want to blame it too much. It was really sort of our own jealousy and everything. But, you know, we would we'd go on there and, um, you know, I would we'd sort of almost stalk each other, like, at the beginning of our relationship. And, like, you know, a girl would post on my wall or a guy, like, one of her guy friends would post on her wall. And I'd be like, who was that? Who was that? And she'd say the same thing to me if there was any girl posting on my wall. And it just sort of opened, like, opened up this can of worms. For jealousy, and I don't know if that really would have been present if you know we hadn't been on social media, mm-hmm. like seeing every interaction on there. Um, and it it was really difficult, and it's one of the reasons why we ended up breaking up. I mean, hmm. you know, it took a couple of years for it really to come to a head, but right. uh, just always seeing like every interaction there, it was I don't know, it was very, it just 
it got a lot of jealousy out of both of us, and it was it was right. just very unhealthy. So. And you and you're not the only one who's uh, said this. When I, I talked to about seven different students this week, and uh, I think three of them had mentioned a very similar story of how that became the the end the end all. Facebook was like the starter, but it was the ender as well. And how how having Twitter and all these constant reminders of what people are doing when you're not with them can make you think and make you guess. Well. Uh, are they living more life without me? Are they doing things, having more fun? And it constantly makes you think, oh, exactly. what are they doing? Right. Well, and, and then and you could have had a close enough relationship where you guys told each other what you were doing and where you were, but that still doesn't help you when you're reading every single thing that they had no control over this guy putting something on their Facebook wall, but they're not going to not respond and be impolite if they're a friend of theirs. But then you might read into it thinking, oh, is she flirting with him? Is she? And so well, you're not al- you're not alone when it, when it comes to Facebook. Well, being you're, a- you're not alone either in your generation with <laughs> that either, because I can tell you a story of my wife and, and I'm I'm 50 something and my wife is on Facebook <laughs> and she was in Florida last week and she happened to write on her Facebook page that I'm having a great time in Florida can't wait to move here and I saw it on Facebook and I was like what are you talking about we're not moving up Florida. so it's Facebook can open up all kinds of cans of worms uh-huh. uh, because of the openness of it all and it's out to everyone and you tend to think that the only one reading is your closest friend when everyone can see it, right. even your husband. Um, <laughs> so it, it is. Uh, it has a side to it that I don't think we've totally uh, explored yet that can and lead to those primal instincts that Dr. Tim was talking about. Yeah, right, I think right. that... And you know what? I feel, like there's, I feel like there's a silver lining from all this, though, because I really did... I had to learn how to, like, handle my own jealousy, and I, I feel like I came out of this relationship and that whole episode with Facebook like stronger and more capable of dealing with feelings of jealousy because there, it was unavoidable like she was going to have her guy friends right on her wall and it was just something I had to deal with uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. definitely and I think that kind of crosses over to a lot of different things even with relationships uh, with family members you kind of find stuff out via Facebook and and you're like, wait a minute, what do they mean by that? What are they doing? And I didn't even know about it. Like, yeah. my family getting together. Yeah. Or, like, you just, I think it crosses over not only with significant others, but... No, honey, can... I'm not moving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I think that's a great point, that, right. that you identified it as a place where you actually learned how to handle it better. And, and, and I do think that handling jealousy and issues of trust is something that we don't seem to have any systematic way of teaching um, adolescents how to handle those intense emotions. And Mm -hmm. so kudos to you that you were able to to figure that out on your own. But I think, you know, in general, I I advocate for kind of a two-pronged approach when things like that are happening and and some jealous feelings get, get triggered that, one, the person can say, Wow, I, I saw that, and I and I and I actually I felt jealous about that. And instead of the other person getting defensive or reacting to that, that they could say, you know, yeah, that's so and so, and this is how I know them, and it's not a big deal. So that they, the relationship, the partner can reassure in calm ways that you're the only one they want to be, that you're the person they want to be with. This other person is not a threat at all. But then. There's also a lot of responsibility on the, the person who feels the jealousy to be able to self-soothe and to be able to say calming things to themselves and to be able to not overreact. Mm-hmm. And so it's really that combination of the partner being able to be non-defensive mm-hmm. and the jealous party being able to calm themselves. And so I don't know what combination of those things you guys were able to do, but... Um, you know, it's it's exhausting, and p- oftentimes will drive partners away when someone can't handle their jealousy and get a grip on it. Yeah, and that's that's basically what happened, more or less. You know, like I I tried to handle my jealousy well and felt like I got it under control. And uh, I don't know, I don't want to blame her too much. There were other factors involved, but mm-hmm. she was consistently jealous after that, and I ended up dropping Facebook completely because it was mm. just. <laughs> You know, it's much of a, yeah, and you wouldn't be the only one who's done that too that I've heard of. So yeah. Yeah. Right tonight, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of callers might be dropping it. Tonight, and I but. think uh, you know, getting back to the uh, communication and rules of the relationship, uh, I know that 
you know, some people do have to negotiate Facebook rules mm -hmm. at the beginning of the relationship. Are we allowed to be Facebook friends with exes? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, what are the rules around that? And um, what do, you know, what's considered too private and, you know, not too private? And um, expectations around, you know, uh, kind of it would be the virtual form of PDA. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, I work with a relationship right now where they, um, you know, she would, she would, kind of post things of love and affection about him on Facebook and then be really, really hurt when he wouldn't do the same for her. Um, right. It gets back to the, the love languages yep. that we had on our agenda. Mm -hmm. And so, and he had, and he was just more private. He's like, I don't need to tell the world that I love right. you. I know that I love mm -hmm. you. You know that, that, that I love you. He had no idea how important that was to her. And so when he, when he was able to hear that, that she really, that was important to her, he was like, shoot, I can do that if you want me to, but that wouldn't have been something that he would have done spontaneously. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Well, thank you so much for yeah. calling in, thank and so congratulations much. on your year's supply of condoms. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, bye. We, we have two more. Two yes, we do. We have two prize packs, uh, compliments of Olin Health Center, in which you get a year's supply worth of condoms. Which is about a hundred. Yeah, and so we're sorry. Relationships. But but if you call in and talk to us, you have to talk to us on air. The phone number five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Well, let's let's get to that agenda item. The, of the languages. yeah, lovely. Let's talk about that a bit, Kevin. Well, I I think um, Tina can jump in any time, but I think uh, when he was talking about. Uh, or we were all talking about how you expect or you think that the, something is expected of your partner, um, but they might not know that it's expected of them because maybe you didn't verbalize that that's what you want uh, from them via communication, uh, emotionally, when it comes to emotional communication. And, and uh, there are five, five love languages, I believe, um, if I looked up the right book, of course. <laughs> um, and they are words, and these are, of course, uh, the five languages that people talk, um, that discuss how you can use different emotional communication styles to connect with those closest to you and basically enhance your, uh, your relationships in your life. And uh, those five languages are words of affirmation, uh, basically unsolicited compliments, um, mean the world to you, the I love yous. Uh, there is quality time, which is in itself the definition, spending uh, no time in front of the television with the person, watching a movie with the person, but just quality time one-on-one -on -one with them. Receiving, um, oh, sorry, acts of service um, was another one. Physical touch is another one, the embracing hugs. And then the fifth one was receiving... It's, um, gifts. Gifts. Oh, gifts. Sorry, I lost okay. lost that part of it. But receiving gifts, where it's not necessarily a materialistic thing, but the receiver thrives on the thoughtfulness and the effort behind the gifts. And so, um, I think it's just interesting how he was, or we can all say about relationships that we have what we want from a relationship uh, set out, mapped out. I guess vocalizing it may be a problem, but um, it might not always match up to what our partner. Why does it uh, wants matter, to why give does it to that us. We understand what the love language is in a relationship, or does it matter that oh. we understand? It's huge. <laughs> it is huge. That's I, a dumb um, question. <laughs> um, Somebody had to ask it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think what goes without saying is that, that people um, want to feel loved. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes, what people haven't wrapped their brain around is that people feel loved in different ways. And we operate from very egocentric ways, which is, this is what I would like, so this is what I'll do for you. And then they feel angry and confused why their partner doesn't appreciate these things that they're doing for them. And so in therapy, I, I, I do lay out these five love languages and, and, um, and, have, and lots of, have had lots of people have light bulb kinds of moments where they've said, oh, I get it. This is the way I like to be loved, and that's the way you like to be loved. And if I do more of that, you'll feel more loved. And if you do that more of that to me, I'll feel more loved. And it's like, I know, it just feels like a duh mm -hmm. right. moment. But I think um, it's it's so kind of nebulous. People mm -hmm. don't really get what it is that um, that feels best to them. They know when it, the nail gets hit on the head. Like they'll, they have that warm, fuzzy feeling. They, they, when their partner did their love language in a specific way, that's, that's, it's just the best. Um, 
but you know when it's when you get it wrong even if you're putting a lot of time and energy into investing in the relationship if you're not doing it in the right love language people it doesn't hit home mm-hmm. and so. a couple students oh we have a caller great yes we have a caller Join us. Oh. you are on impacts exposure welcome welcome hey hello do you have a question for us or a comment yeah i just uh it's about the whole uh, facebook thing mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say um with the whole technology if it's a long distance relationship you will only see what the person wants you to see. Mm-hmm. I, I dated a girl from uh, New Jersey, and uh, once we had, like, finally met, it was a completely different story. Uh, so you like, started it, the relationship online. What was that? You started the relationship online. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once we had met, it was just, it, it was like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. That can be difficult, that's for sure. I think, like you said, um, starting out a relationship with somebody online, like you said, they're going to show you exactly what you want to you want them to see and, uh, and kind of almost framing yourself, as we all do on Facebook, I think we frame ourselves in a certain way to how we want to be perceived. And I think in that specific situation, I think it's, it's, it can probably be almost extremely eye-opening when you meet that person they don't meet those standards at all because that's your whole person that's how you viewed them and and they aren't meeting anything and i think there's a disconnect with your partner about maybe maybe a disconnect altogether about what they are really are really kind of feel is who they are and uh and they don't express it uh well enough on facebook and i think that it's kind of hard to express who you are on facebook period but when you're trying to express who you are on facebook with somebody who's never met you in person i think that it's almost like you can kind of create who you are and maybe when you meet that person be that person that you created because maybe you wanted to change but i think that's very difficult i think uh i think that can be a difficult thing to handle when you meet that person Um, It, it was extremely difficult now did you guys about how long after you guys were in a relationship did you meet um, we were in an online relationship for about three months, and then I went out to meet her. Okay. And, uh, and it just was a, a bad trip from the get-go, or? It, at first it was all right, because it was still in that, like, uh, puppy love stage, mm-hmm. but it, after that wore off, it was, it was just downhill. It was downhill for about two and a half years, until we finally just decided it was over with. Oh, wow. Okay, so it was a, about a three-year-long relationship almost? Yep. Okay, wow. Um, and did you, when you guys were separate uh, and before you met, did you guys Skype a lot? Did you guys talk on the phone a lot? or? Oh, yeah, we um, talked almost, like, throughout every night. Okay. Uh, so you still got a feeling of you were getting to know her uh, verbally, if not in the physical sense. Yeah, but the biggest downfall was that I wasn't actually getting to know who she really was. It was what she wanted me to believe she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I would think we, we could say that can happen in any type of relationship. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even have to be one that starts on the Internet that you don't even see physically because mm-hmm. I, I wish we had a lot more time because I'd like to even talk more about the love languages in, in connection with this type of situation too. I mean, what type of language was being used at that point? We talk about it being social media, but... What, t- what type of expectations did he have of her uh, from, you know, a distance? And were those mm-hmm. expectations something that he put in his mind, or was it something that she wasn't necessarily telling him? Right. There's all kinds of things here. But I, we really appreciate you calling in. I wish we had more time to talk with you. But you are one of our uh, winners. Uh, yes, a year's worth supply of condoms presented by uh, Owen Health Center. Thank you for <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for calling in. So that is wrapping up our last minute of the evening. Any closing comments any of you guys have? Um, relationships. They're a mixed bunch, that's well, for sure. I, I just would like to say, kind of echo what Dr. Tim says, is that if you're having uh, challenges in your relationship with other folks, go for some help. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty normal for people to ask for help, and there's a lot of help on campus you can go to different places. So it's... Uh, I've not known too many people who haven't had some challenges or questions or comments about the relationship where they've needed to get some help mm-hmm. at some point. Well, 
I just wanted to thank you guys so much for coming in. Um, we do this every second Tuesday of the month. This is our last second Tuesday of the month for the year. So I want to thank you, Olin Health Centers. Thank you so much for coming in and joining me every second Tuesday of the month uh, this year. So, And that wraps up our evening. Um, on behalf of Impact Exposure, have a lovely evening. Thanks. Good night. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure.